welcome to another episode of Trick Talks. My name is Barbara Lally, and today we are going to speak with Sarah. So we're going to give Sarah a few moments to join in on the live, and then we will get started. Hello. <laughs> how are you? Good, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing well, thank you. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs> are you ready to get started? Yeah. Perfect. So tell us a little bit about your trick, when you started, how old you were, where you pulled from, things like that. Yeah, um, so my mom has a different story than I do, which is interesting. So I wonder if maybe there was a time that like, I don't remember actually doing it. Um, but my mom says I was probably around six. I only remember being around like nine or 10. Um, so it kind of started with um, the Nickelodeon TV show, Figure It Out. Have you ever seen that? Do you remember that at all? I like vaguely remember the name. Okay. Well, it was like a game show for kids where the, um, the people from Nickelodeon shows um, would guess what the kids' secret talent was or what their secret collection was or something like that. Um, so I saw a kid on there that they had the weirdest collections of things. And one kid had like saved all of his like clipped toenails or something like that. And he had like thousands and it was like in the Guinness book of world records. And so I was like, Oh, I could have the biggest collection of eyelashes for some reason. That's what I came up with. <laughs> so I decided I was going to like save all my lashes and then go on the show and win the money. And then I would make like the world's biggest wish because you get to like blow your like lashes away. Um, so yeah, it was always eyelashes for me. Um, when I was younger, I used to just like rub rather than pull. Um, I didn't start like physically pulling until college because I started wearing makeup and I didn't want to like mess it up. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of how it all began. And um, yeah. <laughs> Did you know right away um, that there was like a name for trichotillomania or was that something you learned later on? Um, I didn't learn it until junior year of high school. I thought that it was just a bad habit that I had created for myself because of that big idea that I had when I was like nine. <laughs> um, so yeah, I didn't learn until I was reading my um, psychology textbook from high school because I thought everything was so fascinating. Um, and I found it in there and I was like, this is me. Like, I know you shouldn't self-diagnose or whatever, but I knew that that was what I was going through. Um, and it felt so good to just know that like, it was a real thing. And I didn't just have this bad habit that like my parents didn't really understand why I was doing what I was doing. So it felt good to know that like, it was a real thing that I actually couldn't help. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And so you mentioned your parents not really understanding, you know, it, it is really hard um, when there is not, you know, much education about it. When you found the, you know, term for trichotillomania, did you share that with your parents right away? Or was that kind of something you kept to yourself? You know, I actually don't remember, which is so interesting. <laughs> um, I think I probably kept it to myself because I don't specifically remember having a conversation with them about it. Um, maybe I did later, but um, I think I probably kept it to myself at first. Um, I don't really know why, but I think I would have remembered having a conversation. Yeah. So when you first started to pull the lashes, I think you mentioned that they thought it was this sort of habit. Did you ever feel, you know, kind of that out of control feeling that some people do when they, when they first start? For me, it was like zero to a hundred. Like, I'm like, whoa they all left like my whole all my stuff went away like you know yeah. did you have that moment where you felt you know kind of out of control with it yeah um it's more like i feel like i get into a zone or um once i'm there it's like very hard to resist it's almost like i explain it to people like a mosquito bite like if it starts being really itchy and you're like okay i shouldn't scratch the mosquito bite you know but you just can't help it after a while because it's so bothersome um, so yeah, I think it feels a lot like that to me where something feels out of place or it feels like there's something in my eye and if I don't touch it, it's like actually kind of tormenting me. <laughs> so yeah, um, I would get on these like, you know, spirals of suddenly I'm sitting there and there's like 30 lashes around me and I'm like, what just happened? So yeah, definitely can relate to that. And I'm a, I'm a big lash puller myself. I have so many, um, like little rituals that I do with yeah. it. So like yeah. some things that I do, um, like I stick them, I, I do the lip thing. So like I'll pull and then I'll rub the root on my lip and then I'll like stick and stick them to things. And then yeah. I pull them away. Like, do you have a, like a similar or a ritual that you do with yours? Yeah. Um, I don't do the lips thing though. I've heard of that. Um, but um, I'm always just like twirling between the fingers, sometimes like listening to it. Um, and then usually I'm setting it on things because I want to count. So I think that started with the whole, like, I'm going to have like a thousand lashes <laughs> to like show to people that I have the most lashes in the world. Um, <laughs> so it's always like afterwards, just like counting how many, um, and then that kind of helped me understand like my progression of like how bad quote unquote a session went um if i only did five or if i had 20 it kind of like gave me I an idea of like how severely i was feeling this need and how long i let it go um which came really in handy when i was doing like therapy for it later because she wanted me to like count and keep track that way so um yeah that's part of my whole ritual is that and then just blowing it away um usually I have to use my right hand rather than my left hand because I when I was little I thought my left hand was like bad luck to like make a wish off of so that's a whole thing too it's yeah it's funny how we all kind of have our like ritual mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah now when I first started wearing makeup maybe like sixth grade I try to put on I remember putting on mascara um on the bus like no mirror and I look in the mirror and when I get to school and it's all clumpy and I start oh. to pull it off and it became this like 
trigger for me because my mom would ask, oh, what are you doing? And I would say, oh, I'm just pulling the mascara off, knowing right. that I'm pulling the lashes out too. Yeah. Was mascara or is mascara something that is triggering to you? You know, it's, that's a good question. Um, it depends on the mascara, truly, like the formula of it. Um, I'll try one once or twice and I know immediately if it's the kind that's going to bother me or not. Um, but yeah, usually if I can find one, usually it has to be like a hypoallergenic one or something that's like a really clean formula um, and not a very like bulky, clumpy type of formula or the brush matters too. Sometimes if you get like a brush that has the bristles a certain way, it like separates the lashes more and doesn't clump as much. Um, so I've really had to experiment with what mascaras I can and cannot wear. Um, so, but sometimes I go through phases where I can't wear mascara at all if I'm like completely bare. Um, so, um, yeah, it just depends for me, but, um, it's only really a trigger at the end of the day when it's like flaking maybe and it's dried out. Um, or if I go to bed without taking my makeup off because let's be real, that happens sometimes. So I'll just be laying there in bed like, oh man, I didn't take it off. And then it's a trigger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now you mentioned going to therapy for it. Can you tell us the journey to getting to that therapist? Um, yeah. So when I was in college, um, something happened in my dorm that was kind of traumatic. Um, one of the girls that lived on the floor above me was murdered. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was very scary for me. Um, I suddenly didn't really feel safe. It was like the first couple months of school. Um, so I was just really anxious about it. Um, and then I was also experiencing not such a great relationship to, um, like romantic relationship. So I decided to just reach out to the school's counseling because I knew I needed someone to talk to about all of that. Um, so I got help with that separately. Um, but then it did lead me into like, well, you're done with this therapy. Do you want to keep going with therapy, but focus on the trichotillomania and I was like yes so then I switched to a different person um it was just a grad student who needed to practice on students which was fine with me um and you know we came up with a whole system like a chart that I could keep track on and everything and um so that's kind of how that led to my therapy journey with it mm -hmm. Did you find that the grad student was knowledgeable about trichotillomania or did you have to like teach them? I ha I've had some moments where I felt like the teacher. Um, yeah. so I do. I am curious if that was the same. For you. Yeah, I feel that she was learning, um, but I understood that because she was a student. Um, I didn't really expect her to know as much about it as someone who actually spe specializes in it. Um, I remember when I first started, I felt like I was going to be like a disappointing person to work with because I didn't have something that was more like practical, like, or mm -hmm. uh, um, you know, something that's more well known or common that she could probably use more frequently. I thought it was so rare that like, you know, she was going to be disappointed that she didn't just have to, you know, work with someone who has something more common that she would come across but now I realize it was probably a good thing that she got something so unique and could probably help other people later um who are going through something a little more specific so it's interesting how my perspective has changed since I started <laughs> yeah 
No, that's great. What are some things that she maybe taught you that you liked a lot and used maybe, you know, to this day? Um, you know, I think the biggest takeaway was, um, like, when I would keep track on this chart, it would be not only, like, how many from each side were pulled, but also, like, what were your thoughts while you were pulling um, and then paying attention to what happened before that, um, paying attention to how was I breathing, you know, just being really mindful of like, okay, what led to this and what was happening during and how did I feel after? And then that could kind of pinpoint for me, like, what makes me want to do this more than other things? Mm -hmm. um, so that was really insightful because it taught me to be a little more mindful about how I'm feeling. And I think now I can probably avoid those pulling sessions a little bit more because I can think, oh, I'm feeling this way. I should probably do this self-care thing before I get to a point where I feel like I really need to pull. But sometimes the urges are just there anyway, and I really don't know what triggers it. It just seems random. Well, I love that you were taught mindfulness because for so long I felt like I, ha I really, if I wanted to pull, it was just, I was doing it. I'm in the zone. I can't get out until I like shake myself literally, or, you know, do something like that. Um, there is that special moment. Sometimes it's not even there though, but sometimes you can think, you know, that, do I really want this? No, but that's so hard to do. Yeah. Once you're in at that point, I feel like it's really hard to stop. And then the shame comes that like, oh, I can't stop myself. Like I'm somehow <laughs> quote unquote, this bad person for not being able to resist urges. Um, when really it's, you know, when I was in college, she also talked about how it's like releases the feel good chemicals in your brain when you do this. Um, so like, that's our way of getting a little more of that in our system. And so that helped me feel better to really understand physiologically what's going on. Hmm. Now, I want to talk about something that I have right here. <laughs> yeah. So this is, oops, I you can see my ring light. Um, yeah. <laughs> this for me. This is so beautiful. Let's talk about your painting. Is that something that you always wanted to do? Or is this something maybe you learned from someone? Like, you know, to keep hands busy. What, tell me your journey about that, please. Yeah, um, I've been thinking about if there's any correlation with that, with the pulling and needing things to do with my hands. I'm not totally sure because I've always really loved drawing and painting. Um, I think when I was four years old, I was like, I want to be a children's book illustrator. Like, I mean, I, I didn't really use those terms. I was like, I want to draw the pictures in the books. I <laughs> <laughs> um, just always have really loved art um, and like it's been noticed throughout my school years, like teachers approaching my parents being like, hey, you know, you might want to look out for her. She's got a little more skills than we're used to seeing at this age, things like that. Um, so I kind of continued. It was just a hobby. It was never really like anything I was going to pursue until I was kind of late in college. And I realized like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Um, so I studied drawing. Um, and so for my senior showcase um, for the drawing program, I made a whole series that was a self-portrait of me pulling and explaining the whole journey there. Um, so, yeah, I've always wanted to be 
um, into art and do children's book illustration or portraits or whatever I possibly could. Yeah. Now that is such an incredible, first of all, your art is like, it's, I don't know if you can even like see on my like little camera, but like the deep, like look, look at this. It's so beautiful. Just the detail. I mean, everything, the brushstrokes, all of it. It's so I'm so happy I own this. Like, I love this. Thank um, you. Are you wearing the same earrings that you were in the picture? Yes! Are they just I am. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think I know look at me. You match. I match. Oh, that's I just so pretty. So yeah. <laughs> I wish I did that on purpose. I didn't do that on purpose, but now that's so special. Wow. Really happy. Um, <laughs> but you know, this is so, you know, incredible. You are so talented. Um, tell me that journey into getting to the point where you're making self portraits about your trick. Like that's huge. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, you're sharing with people, they come in, right? People that, yeah. you know, I don't know how that works, but you know, at school, students walk through, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a whole big thing at the end of the year. It's like all the seniors get to invite their friends and family. Um, students can come and see it throughout the, you know, final weeks of school. Um, yeah, it's a big thing. And first, when I was making the drawings, I had to work the whole semester on it. And our classes would get together once or twice a week and talk about our progress. And it was called a critique. So our teacher would sit there with us, our professor, I guess, <laughs> and um, talk to us about, you know, what we could do differently and things like that, um, what they liked about it. So then we came up with the final three portraits. Um, but that was the first time I had to really, like, talk about trichotillomania with anybody who I wasn't really close with and trusted. Um, before that, it had only been, like, really close friends. And only like a select couple of close friends, not even all my close friends. Um, and just maybe like boyfriends because eventually they'd see it and they would know. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, like talking to my class and my professor about it, that made my heart race. Um, and like, I was very nervous to bring it up. But then there was just this like acceptance and people started asking really good questions and they were really intrigued and um, they weren't like repulsed, like I envisioned, like I, you know, I don't know what we think. We think everyone's going to like storm out of the room and be like, I don't like you anymore. I don't know. Like <laughs> we just think that no one will accept us. Um, but actually people get more curious and then they kind of start to understand and it's just kind of a beautiful <laughs> thing. Um, but yeah, so getting up to the show, I had a lot of practice talking about it with my classmates before showing it to people on a more public scale. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so your parents, now they, you know, they know the term, they know everything. How had their um, response to your trick maybe changed because of now all this education? Yeah, um, I did end up telling them in college that I was getting like professional help for it. I was like, this is, you know, a real thing that I'm seeing a therapist for. Um, and they were accepting of that and maybe a little bit like, you know, sorry that I didn't understand or know that this was a thing. Um, you know, they tried to help me when I was younger. Like my mom got me one of those hoosh balls, you know, they're like the rubber like balls that you can like um, kind of stretch apart. Mm -hmm. um, she thought that would be helpful. So they were always trying to help me, but they didn't really know how because they didn't know, you know, and that's okay. But now... They still try to get me to stop um, because I think they think it's going to be helpful. 
um, or like, you don't have to do that or, you know, things like that. So I don't know how much they understand at this point. I should probably talk to them again because it's been a really long time. Um, but now they, they get it, they see it, they understand it, but we don't really bring it up too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I found with my parents, I, my mom was right away, noticed something was up, you know, my eyebrows are gone. I like, what's going on? Like, we got to figure this out. And so it is, I feel like it's challenging for parents because they want to help so bad Mm -hmm. and fix it because they see us you know suffering and they want to fix it so bad that it makes us feel even worse about it like I was just like I want to please you and like feel better or make you feel better but, like I can't and now I feel like even worse and I want to pull even more um yeah but it's it's so hard because you know as as I grew up at first I I felt um you know super like I was letting them down you know like I couldn't figure it out then I grew up and I was like listen like the things you're saying aren't really helping me. Um, so if you could stop that, you know, but it's, it's hard to have those conversations, especially when you're so young, you don't even really know like what, yeah. what or why, you know? Yeah, definitely. I didn't have like, um, the only time that I was like completely like bald lashes and no eyebrows was more like when I was in late college slash had just graduated. Um, so at that point I wasn't even living with my parents anymore. So, um, you know, the need to help me was very like private when I was little because it wasn't as publicly noticeable. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I wonder how it would have been if I would have gotten to the point where it was more noticeable, how they would have tried to help me in that scenario. But, um, yeah, I haven't really had to have much of that conversation with them since it got to like the peak. <laughs> yeah. So I noticed, um, you know, you mentioned it at first you weren't, you didn't have like, you know, baldness completely mm -hmm. until you were older. Did you notice that like when you first started, maybe there was a period where things grew back and then it got worse again? Did you kind of have that wave in your, um, in your journey? Yeah, um, definitely once I had like patches missing or um, like the whole row of lashes missing. Um, that's when I would notice that it would like grow back and I'd be so proud of myself. And then sometimes that was more irritating when it was growing back because I felt like I could almost sense that and feel that like something was where it shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. Like it almost felt like cleaner to not have anything there. So then as it was growing back, that was a really hard process to go through. And I would just, you know, go back to pulling again because it didn't feel comfortable to have them grow and that was really frustrating. I felt like, am I ever going to get to a point where I have anything there anymore? Um, but uh, I tend to not pull as much in the summer, which is interesting. <laughs> I wonder if it's all the vitamin D, you know, like I live in the Midwest, we only get sunshine like <laughs> three months out of the year. Um, so yeah, um, I definitely have gone through like the ebb and flow of the lashes coming back and then, you know, going through a session and they're all gone again. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. love what you said that growing, you know, the, the part where they're growing back is so difficult, arguably like harder than when yeah. you first pulled them out. Yeah. Literally yesterday. So I, I have some missing gaps like these probably to here is like pretty bushy and then I have like nothing here. Um, but this eyelash, th like this lid, 
um, I have a few that are longer than the rest. And I'm like, oh, like I want you out so bad. And one bothered me so bad. I thought about it for days and days. I just had to like pull that one out because yeah. it's growing down. Yeah. You know, looking at that, because I do like um, how clean it can look, like how uniform. Yeah. Even when they're bushy, it's hard. It's sometimes a little harder to notice the ones that are like wonky. But when they're growing back, it's like they all are. Yeah, right. They're all at different phases. And then you feel like you look more awkward because it's like a little bit noticeable that there's like just a chunk of lash and everything else is bare. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> yeah, I, I am struggling with that right now. But I never even thought like I knew it was something that I mean, I check on it every day. But I love how you put that like growing back is difficult because I didn't even like that didn't click to me. It was just something I I would do every day. Like, oh, like look at you. You know, like look at this one. You know, I just want yeah. I want it to be. Um, I want it to look uniform. But yeah. so after your show with mm -hmm. your art of trichotillomania, um, what led you to? So let me ask you this: after your show, when you spoke openly about your trichotillomania, did that make you want to share more? Did it lead you to social media and things like that? Yeah, um, it took me a little while to get on social media with my art. Um, at first, you know, my show was in 2014. Um, and I was a little nervous about like people stealing my art online, things like that. Um, so I kind of avoided it for a while. Um, but then once I was comfortable putting my art up, I definitely wanted to show it. And like, I put, you know, the hashtag Trichotillomania. I didn't really think anything was going to come of it. Um, I was just kind of flexing that muscle of sharing and accepting myself. And then you came along and all these, you know, fellow <laughs> tricksters came along liking the post and following me. And um, I followed them back. And I was like, this is a community that I could have been a part of this whole time. Like, this is amazing. Like, that would be my number one thing that I, like, suggest to someone is to find people who understand um, and it's funny, you know, the more you talk about it, the more people in your actual life come out of the woodwork and they're like, oh yeah, I have it too. And you're like, I had no idea. Um, so that's kind of interesting too. Yeah. I feel like it is so, like, it's so important to share. I feel like I talk about trichotillomania all the time and I never did, like never until maybe when I started to write the book, like age 28. Then I feel like I'm starting to talk about it. But now it's like, oh, my earphone. Now it's like all I talk about. Um, and like you said, I notice people will share too. It's like we're all kind of scared to share. I feel like because we're young when it starts and we're like, there, we're, you know, we have that, that sense of shame. Once yeah. we're opening all these doors to everybody else. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. And it makes you wish that like, huh, maybe we could have just been more open about this before and it we wouldn't have felt as much shame for so many years mm -hmm. so yeah <laughs> I agree. social media in itself you know there's a whole conversation about whether it's you know impacting mental health and the negative way and the positive way you know for me with this with trichotillomania i feel like it's opened so many doors it's made me feel like my my best self like my truest self because when we were younger we you know i had the dial up you know, yeah, on the yeah. computer, and I didn't know anyone. I couldn't even really Google. Um, no, that was not a thing. <laughs> yeah, and so I wish. I'm so happy for the the younger generations that grow up with social media, like just for this part. Like you're not alone at all. There's like so many of us, 
Yeah. I, I really do wish that I had it, but I'm happy I have it now. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I agree. It would have been really nice to have more resources. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Even in high school, I think the iPhone came out when I was a senior in high school. <laughs> so, like, I'm already, like, up and away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, and, yeah. I just think that... And so I've learned so much from so many people. You know, I've, I've gone to therapy a million times, um, you know, and I'm learning the most from other people that are going yeah. through. I love that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. So you had a baby. Yeah, I did. <laughs> so I'm um, of that age now where, like, that's you know in my you know future coming up so yeah. I, I'm curious to know um from people who have children did you notice any change in your trick while pregnant or, or after you gave birth I'm so glad you asked that because I was going to make sure to bring it up because it's extremely interesting to me with that whole thing um so when I was first pregnant I was really sick um the first trimester um like, had to quit my job, sick, like, couldn't do anything. Um, but what's fascinating is I hardly pulled at all my entire pregnancy. Not saying that everyone should, like, go get pregnant to, like, <laughs> restart their journey. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I hardly ever had an urge to pull, even when I was over, you know, all the sickness and everything. Um, and when I did have the urge to pull, I would maybe pull one or two and be like, I'm done. Like, my urge to keep going wasn't there. It was just completely gone. Um, and I was like, wow, like, this is what it feels like to not have this urge. Like, this is what everyone else gets to experience, like, on a daily basis. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that completely went away while I was pregnant, um, which is amazing. And, you know, other anxiety symptoms, I get migraines, they were completely gone, too. Um, so that was really insightful. I'm like, is this a hormonal thing? Is it just something else? I don't know. And then the day after she was born, I had a complete pulling session in the hospital, like in my, you know, recovery room, just like tons of lashes. And I was like, are the nurses going to see this and like not understand and freak out? Um, yeah, so that was really interesting. So, you know, if one day you are pregnant, you might find that you get a new <laughs> lease on your lashes. <laughs> Wow. That yeah. is interesting. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if that's the case for everyone, but it was for me. The only time I feel like I, I have like a dull urge, like, you know, like the senses are, is like when I feel sick. So if I'm like sick, sick, like sleeping on the couch, I don't mm -hmm. feel like pulling because like, I, I think my brain is overwhelmed with other things. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm curious to know. Like, yeah. Fun. You'll have to let me know one day. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, I want to go back to your painting, just because I love it. Um, <laughs> do you notice when you paint that you find yourself in a similar type of trance that maybe you feel with your trick trance? I've never thought of it that way, but yeah, definitely. Um, like, I get so in a zone where, like, I don't notice what's going on around me. Um, or like, you know, I just, if I have the paintbrush in my hand, like I know exactly how to make a mark that I want to just the same as like, I have this specific lash that I want to pull out. 
and I can pull that exact one out without like looking in a mirror. So that is very interesting <laughs> that like I have this like physical part of the experience that is more like a trans and like I know what I'm doing in a whole like ritual. Yeah. Do you find yourself doing other things that keep your hands busy maybe for like self care or something? Um, yeah, I haven't really found anything for me that's worked as far as that goes. It mostly has to be like a mental distraction. Um, you know, like watching something, you know, that's funny or uplifting. Um, or physically, the only thing that's really helped me is like holding someone's hand. Um, like I hold my husband's hand and I talk to him and sometimes that helps, but sometimes I still pull away and like, I just gotta like rub here real quick and I'll feel better. Um, usually rubbing my eyes still feels better and like gets the urges to go away faster than if I'm pulling. Um, so that's kind of interesting too. Yeah. <laughs> Goes back to the beginning of everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When I, when I pull my lashes, I, now I don't know if you feel the same way. I would like to know. So say if I start in the middle and I pull in the middle, it, the, the tingling sensation, like, just like, like yeah. it just, Spreads all the way out. Yeah. It's like, okay, I've got the one that <laughs> I think is bothering me. And then it's like, oh, now it's this one. Oh, now it's this one. And yeah, it's kind of like you're chasing it around mm -hmm. is what it feels like for me. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it is so hard to stop it because before this situation I have going on right now, I was able to wear mascara for the first time in like a year. You know, I had I had like a good amount. Um, and there was one night where I start, I felt an itchy one. I knew which one it was. And I'm like, boop, popped out. I'm like, yes. And then for another like what hour, I'm just like, you know, working my way through. And I'm, it was I, I had to keep getting up and looking in the mirror and be like, okay, enough. Like, all right, but I couldn't stop. It was so hard. Yeah, that's what the um the drawing that I posted from my senior show of me like going like, you know, like this was a picture I took of myself looking in the mirror, because I'm like physically checking in the mirror to see like, is there anything in my eye or in my lashes? And like, occasionally there is like some like fuzzy thing from the air or whatever stuck in there. And then I feel like justified. I'm like, yes, this is real. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Like you're like checking and you're like, okay, like, can I make myself stop? And sometimes you can't, and sometimes it's easier. And I don't know, I try to do like deep breaths, like deep breathing, but it only works half the time. I mean, I don't know. It's so mm -hmm. hard to resist it. Mm -hmm. And for me, like eyelashes are my, like if I had a, fav had a favorite area, like eyelashes are my favorite. I don't know what about yeah. them. I could probably like figure it out right now, but there's something about them that it's so hard for me to break. Like they've always been the hardest for yeah. me. Um, yeah, and I, and I, just, like, um, where was I going with this? I was, I, I, like, know which ones are going to feel certain ways. Like, I'm sure you know, like, the different roots that would come out. Yeah, right. Yes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. uh, it's not going to hurt, necessarily, if I get the right one, but if I get the wrong one, it sometimes will hurt, and that's, like, excruciating, and that's probably what people think it feels like. They probably think that you're like pulling your hair and it like hurts every time, but it really doesn't unless it's the wrong one. And then it's like, oh, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I already imagine like the big, the big white bulb, and you're like, oh, yes. like your eye yes. waters, you're like, oh no. Yes, yes, and then like the ones where the follicle is damaged, and <laughs> it's just super easy and like not that strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I find, and I know this is like oddly specific, but like sometimes I'll find I definitely don't want the big white bulb like ouch, like forget you. But sometimes it's not the release isn't strong enough because it's the damage follicle. Like it just slides out and I don't like that either. Like, yeah, right. It's like somewhere in between is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I didn't give enough of that like serotonin or, you know, the chemical that I need. Yes. I need a little more. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I find a similar sensation to that. I guess this might be something I do with my hands to cope now that I think about it, but, um, to me, pulling grapes off of a vine is a very similar sensation. Um, or like pulling the grass up from the ground is also kind of a similar sensation, but like it doesn't give me the same exact feeling, but physically with my hands, it feels very similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I do know that that little scrunchy ball, it had like very thin strings, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was great. I used to love those too, but like, yeah. It doesn't, it's not physically, like, making me feel anything. It just kind of. Yeah, and I would try to explain that to my mom, too. She's like, well, just twist this in your, you know, fingers instead. And she thought it would help enough with my hands. And I was like, but, Mom, that doesn't help with my eyes. Like, Mm -hmm. she didn't understand that it was more than just needing to do something with my hands. It was more how my eyes were feeling and, like, my lids and lashes were feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I I use the mosquito bite analogy always because – so yeah. many people I know will scratch it until it bleeds and then they scab yeah. on their skin. Uh-huh. So it's it's the same thing as like you have this really itchy mosquito bite and they're like, just scratch this. It feels the same. It's like I'm itching. Like I have to do something about this. My brain is telling me like, come on. You know, it's, yeah. it's so hard. Yeah, right. Even like sometimes while driving, I'm like, oh, this is not a good time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I also, it's funny to, like, um, think about even now, you know, I'm 30 years old, but, like, when I was younger with no eyelashes, even now, I things will get in my eye. And I'm like, oh, I understand how important eyelashes are because things are constantly getting in my eye. If it's way yeah. out, I close my eyes because so I know dust is getting in there. Yeah, right. Yeah, I find that even the sun bothers me more when I don't have lashes because it's not shading a little tiny bit over <laughs> your eyes <laughs> like these little like baseball caps <laughs> yeah. yeah I know what you mean <laughs> even like the tears come out like if I used to like cry I mean you know I'm a person I cry all the time but you know <laughs> when I would cry without any eyelashes for me I don't really mess with the bottom eyelashes that much mm-hmm. when I was younger and like in high school when I would pull the most I would do both lids yeah um, and during those times, if I would cry, it just, like, pops out. Like, if there's big, you know, they call it, like, big yeah. tears. I thought that was interesting, too. Yeah. Yeah. I never really thought about that. But it definitely does feel a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. Now, when you first met your husband, was mm-hmm. something that you spoke about right away? Or was it something kind of, you know, told later? Um, that's kind of interesting because he knew me while I was doing my senior showcase but we weren't in a relationship yet um so we worked together um for a couple of years um my last couple years of college um 
and he came to my senior show and everything and learned about it. Um, but I had no idea that he was going to be my husband. Like, <laughs> so we had that conversation just as coworkers and eventually friends later that summer. Um, and then we weren't in a relationship till later that year after I graduated. Um, when we realized that we both liked each other for two years and didn't say anything. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he kind of already knew about it and I didn't really have to talk to him about it until like we were in a relationship and then maybe we talked a little more in depth about it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had no lashes at that time when he was first dating me and I was very insecure about that. Like thinking like, is he going to really think that I'm as attractive as he thinks when I like don't have the thick eyeliner on like he's used to seeing on me. Mm -hmm. Um, but he still accepted me obviously. <laughs> um, yeah. And you know, he's seen my progression and I talked to him about it all the time and, um, yeah, he gets it. He also studied psychology, like that was his major. So he kind of got it on a level that other people might not necessarily. So, yeah. Well, that's so nice. Yeah, I, I had like an opposite. Um, like I started dating my boyfriend and I didn't have any signs at all. Like lashes were there, everything was intact. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, I have this thing. And he was like, yeah, like he accepted it right away, kind of, um, you know, understood it pretty quickly. Um, and then only later, you know, years later, did he see me like, you know, big spots, like no eyelashes yeah. at all. Then he saw, but it, it was, I, I felt nervous because I'm like, do I even tell him right now? Because I don't even show it, you know? Right. Yeah. Like, can I <laughs> get away with <laughs> them not knowing for a little while longer? <laughs> Yeah. But I think, you know, we always talk about this, especially myself, you know, in my head, I'm telling myself all these negative. Oh, he's going to think I'm ugly. He's going to leave. I don't want to be my friend. And every time I've told someone, um, I feel better about it. And I, I feel like their response, I've never gotten like a, ew, I've gotten one time I got a laugh, which was, which was like my best, best friend. She was like yeah. laughing, like, what are you doing? And I'm like, you know what, this is a good time to tell you. And it was like, we were giggling together. That was my only like weird, you know, telling yeah. or laughing. Um, but yeah, every time I've told someone I have felt good about it, and they've responded well. And so I'm like, why didn't I do this sooner? Yeah, right. And then you're like, what was the big deal this whole time? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, Sarah, it's been really, really wonderful talking with you. It's been and great I talking with you. Too. Thank you. I thank you so much for coming on and for my beautiful artwork. Please check out our You're artwork. You're welcome. Thank you so much for asking me to paint it. I had a lot of fun painting it. And um, even though I painted it twice because I wasn't happy with the first one. <laughs> but, you know, that happens sometimes. It's okay. <laughs> so you'll get to see the before and after sometime. I'll probably post both and you can, like, compare the differences. But... Yeah, I, it was fun. It was a nice um, way to get back into painting people again because there's a lot of people out there who really love their pets and their homes, and I, I get that. But people, it's my first love <laughs> with drawing and painting. So thank you for that opportunity. Well, thank you, and I will, I'm will. i sure I'll speak with you soon, but thanks again for coming on. I hope you have a great day. Yeah, thanks. You too. Bye. <laughs> Bye.